Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 195 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Elise Stevenson. Elise Stevenson is an award-winning social entrepreneur and PhD candidate at Griffith University in Brisbane. She's passionate about gender equality and creating future-proof businesses that are sustainable, regenerative, and ethical. Together with her sister, Lara, Elise is the co-founder of social enterprise digital design agency, The Social Good Outpost, which uses the power of graphic, web design, and creativity to create community change. Elise works closely with government, awarded a grant by the Australian Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade to run a youth speaker series throughout Southeast Asia in 2019 and 20, bringing Australian social innovation to global audiences. Elise is now recognised as one of 25 young women to watch in international affairs, one of Boston Consultant Group's 30 under 30 LGBTI plus role models, and was awarded a United Nations Australia Association Community Award and Foundation for Young Australians Unleashed Award for her thought leadership and activism around social enterprise and inclusion internationally. So on today's podcast, we'll discuss Elise's reflections into social entrepreneurship in the ASEAN region, based on a recent Australia Now project with DFAT, and we'll get Elisa's perspective on branding, design, and storytelling for social enterprises and not-for-profits. So Elise, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks so much, Tom. It's a pleasure to be here. So to kick things off then, Elise, could you please share a little bit about your background and what led you to your work in the social enterprise sector? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So you gave a pretty good introduction of who I am and what I'm currently doing. But a lot of my work in the social enterprise sector is relatively recent and I think was more so kind of um, this idea of doing things differently was spurred from my last year of high school, Mm. which was 10 years ago now, when I actually developed a um, bilateral hand disability. I was in my final six months of school. Uh, I wasn't able to complete any of my assessment or exams. Um, And at that point in time, I really hit a bit of a bottom point and I thought oh gosh you know uh, uh, what's my future going to look like now you know when I looked out there at the world and I looked at traditional businesses or traditional career paths or jobs I couldn't really see myself fitting into that world and I didn't quite know what the path ahead for me was going to be so very fortunately I, I enrolled at a university Griffith University in Brisbane and I just started following my passions at first uh, with the help of disability services I did a lot of work across Southeast Asia, a lot of work in our region. And it was actually when I was over in Taiwan in 2013, um, I was part of the Brisbane Lord Mayor's delegation to the Asia Pacific Cities Summit Mm. that I first saw this presentation from some young people who were kind of pitching social enterprises. And I thought, oh, my goodness, what is this notion 
of a social enterprise. Being there at this, you know, really fantastic kind of meeting of global leaders was great. Um, when we all came back to Brisbane, I teed up with some of those other young people that I saw pitching and we put our heads together and actually uh, Australia's first that we know of youth social enterprise conference run entirely by youth for youth mm. was created just uh, nine months later in 2014. And that was Impact Social Enterprise Conference. Wonderful. Um, that was really cool. But after that, you know, it took me another few years to actually get into social enterprise myself. And so now we've been running Social Good Outposts for the last three years. And it was really just that natural extension of, um, you know, back when I was in school, thinking about the world and how I could do things differently. And basically seeing that there are way more options out there for how we create, you know, future-proof businesses that are sustainable, ethical, and a little bit more inclusive and can kind of uh, respond better to the needs that we have today. So that's broadly speaking how I got here. Wonderful. And you mentioned the Social Good Outpost. So as co-founder then of that, what sort of projects are you involved in? Yeah, so we are predominantly a graphic and web design company and we work with all kinds of organisations spanning from community development, social enterprises, non-profits, right through to government and traditional business. But we do so using a social enterprise business model. So for every 10 hours of full cost design we provide, we sponsor one hour pro bono. And it's allowed us to work over the last three years with over 60 sponsored projects, uh, totaling just over $100,000 um, of, of time spent. In our first year, the majority of our services were actually provided to some really cool organisations in the domestic violence prevention sector, mm. basically recognising that there are specific needs that people across different sectors need when it comes to communicating what they do and, and basically who they are. In our second year, we really focused on rural and regional outreach. Um, and over the past three years, we've actually travelled 60,000 kilometres, uh, which is one and a half times around the Earth's circumference, mm -hmm. just in Australia, um, to understand, well, what are some of the kind of needs um, when it comes to design needs and creative needs of our rural and regional communities? So working with a lot of working women's centres across Northern Territory, South Australia, uh, working out in the bush in the NT. Yeah, so it's just some really interesting kind of uh, work along those lines. But thirdly then uh, came into like working with a lot of minority groups. So we support um, or have worked with organisations working for LGBTI inclusion in uh, kind of the medical space, so creating uh, platforms that um, can be used to educate our next generation of health practitioners around LGBTI inclusion, you know, right through to we kind of took this approach when we started the business that creativity, digital design, it doesn't have to be limited by what we already know. And so we've actually taken an approach where we also do a lot of graphic and web design and kind of branding workshops in our region. So last year we headed to Hong Kong to help with a human rights festival and this year we're doing this really cool project with the Australian federal government. So taking creativity to its kind of full extent in the services that we provide to our communities. Absolutely. And you mentioned that federal government project, which is with DFAT. So tell us more about this. What have you learned from Australia now? Yeah. So essentially, uh, the Australian government each year, they choose a country or region of significance in the world to invest time in basically celebrating and showcasing um, Australian excellence across a number of spheres. Um, this might be agriculture, 
might be business, technology, uh, you know, community, um, gender equality, kind of all kinds of spheres. Very, very excitingly, 2019, we had a focus on uh, the ASEAN region, so Southeast Asia, 10 countries across Southeast Asia, and we had a focus on youth. This was a real milestone and I think something that we as Australians should be very proud of Mm. because it's actually allowed me to partner with the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade and create a Youth Entrepreneurs and Leaders Speaker Series where we basically bring the forefront um, young Australian speakers to the region to collaborate, connect and build partnerships for the future. Some of the things that I've learned through doing this, I mean, we're really focused on, you know, as a world, we've got some big issues out there. Climate change is obviously forefront on many of our minds right now, but we're also looking at, you know, regional stability. Um, how can we grow uh, kind of sustainable and regenerative economies? When we think of all of these issues, we've really got to look at the next generation and how we uh you know, equipping them not only with the kind of critical thinking around, well, A, we can create business, but also in sustainable and social um, kind of responsible ways. Uh, But B, how can we kind of build those connections so that everyone can collaborate for the future, knowing that, you know, we need collaboration as a globe to be able to function well. So having said that, some of my biggest learnings from this program so far and we've we've run just over 30 events across southeast asia so far in the last five months um with just over 2,000 young people one of the things i've noticed is that change makers across southeast asia if they're in oppressive regimes maybe or they've come from governments that may be quite uh controlling over what they can and can't do Often change makers go into business or they go into creative industries. Mm. That means we've got a real opportunity there. Um, if you're trying to pioneer change in society, often it will be through these really great ways of doing business where you can actually prove that your idea has traction because money talks. And this has been a really great way to advocate for wider governmental change. I've also noticed that there are more young people starting business than ever. And I think in Indonesia, there are six million members of their youth enterprise council. I mean, that's just phenomenal. (laughs) When we think about what we're doing here in Australia, there's some really great opportunities to learn from these young entrepreneurs. But the thing that I'd say there too is that when young people are starting businesses in the region, they they often don't have that social responsibility element. And so then that's where Australia has really been able to step up, I'd say, and and kind of show, hey, are we thinking about um, the environment when we're creating these new uh, businesses or are we thinking about this element of gender equality or uh, how it will affect, you know, um, Indigenous populations? So that's been a really interesting thing to note. And my final point would be that working with young people gives us opportunities to tackle more sensitive issues. So as as a country and as kind of a government, we often go across to work in the international space and, you know, we might want to create stronger business opportunities or, you know, collaborate over particular issues of social justice. Actually, you can get a lot of traction if you involve young people in the room. Mm. I found that people are much more willing to talk it's much easier to get people in the room. Um, it's been a really fantastic way of getting support because at the end of the day, um, you know, if you've got a young person who's starting an enterprise, you know, whether this is a good thing or not, they'll often get much more attention than, say, if you're in your 40s or 50s and starting an enterprise. So there's this real ability to draw on youth 
as the way forwards when it comes to kind of not just building out our networks in Australia and the Asia-Pacific region, but then um, building the strength of the, I guess, social enterprise or change-making ecosystem more broadly. Yeah, totally. Well, there's some great insights there, Elise, and it's been fantastic to have some of your reports flowing into Impact Boom from the region over there. So thanks so much for that. Now, given your experience then in branding and design and storytelling then, what advice would you give to entrepreneurs listening who lack confidence in the space? Yeah, sure. So that's been a really great part of this program is just been working essentially with a lot of entrepreneurs that Mm. are exactly in those same positions. My three things would be around branding, um, consistency and crafting an enduring identity is everything. Um, When you're kind of thinking about who you are, where you want to go, kind of what are your goals for your social enterprise, have a look at those who you believe are doing it really well and try to see, well, what elements are they they using that I could use or how are they doing it that I could copy for myself? When it comes to design, then quality is everything. So there's tons of research out there that just products is more around that kind of price and quality and they are, they are quite intertwined and then they'll purchase based on impact or that social element. From a social enterprise standpoint, that's really important to take note of because mm. your social impact won't be the core reason that people will support your cause or buy your product. Yeah. You really need to make sure that the quality is there. So ensure that you invest in the look of your brand because that will carry you, you know, when people haven't met you and don't know what you're doing, they'll be able to easily see you and kind of recognise whether you're credible, you know, um, whether you look like you know what you're doing, you know, whether you're this awesome, exciting thing that they want to get part of. Yeah. Um, and third thing I'd say is the story that you tell matters. So think about whether you prioritise the storytelling of your social impact or whether you prioritise the storytelling of the services or products that you're creating as that will really influence then the audience spend some time and unfortunately or maybe fortunately branding design storytelling it's an evolving beast so you've kind of got to make a start get stuck in if it's not perfect don't worry about it we've got to just keep trying again and kind of evolving as as we go through things i think yeah well that's some fantastic advice elise so thanks for sharing that Now, we're certainly really proud to have you as part of our Elevate Plus alumni. So with program applications now open again for our Accelerator program, what was one piece of advice that you took from the program that would be really valuable to any of the other social entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs listening? Yeah, so I think that the one piece of advice that really stuck with me was the fact that successful social enterprises are successful businesses. So really, um, the big message that I got was spend time working on your business model and how to make money, how you are going to be sustainable, because if you aren't sustainable, then you won't continue to exist as a social enterprise, and it doesn't matter how good your social Mm. cause is. Um, So that would be my really big thing. But the, the second thing, if I can mention it, is that community is so important. And so I think that's one of the brilliant things that you'll get out of the Elevate Plus program or any other kind of social enterprise community. You know, what you put in is what you get out. So, such a good advice. So, Elise, then what social enterprises then have you come across that you believe are doing some great work in the space and really tackling social, cultural or environmental problems? 
Yeah, well, I think personally I can't go past Patagonia. I really love their leadership and I really love the fact that they're such a big business able to make such kind of tangible change. Mm. But uh, next week I'm heading over to Brunei to deliver a program around sustainable fashion social enterprises. So I really want to get a a little bit of a shout out to some of the phenomenal brands that we'll be working with over there. Mm. Um, There's the cool Seljak brand, Outland Denim, the Social Outfit, Magnitude, Team Timbuktu, uh, Full Circle Fibres, and of course you can't go past Boomerang Bags. So check out all of those enterprises. I think they're doing some really great pioneering stuff and making us think a little bit more about how uh, social enterprise sustainability that comes right down to all of the the kind of fabric we we wear, the kind of the lounges we sit on, all of those fabrics and materials, they're all part of this kind of um, solution too. So, yeah, that would be some of my recommendations. Great. Well, I'll stick links through to all of those in the article so people can click on through and explore the range of different examples there. So to finish off then, Elise, what books or resources would you recommend to our listeners? So let me see. My all-time favourite book has to be Walden by Henry David Thoreau. Um, I think that, you know, there are just so many philosophies there that underpin what it means to be a good social entrepreneur, to be thoughtful and careful about the environment and the world that we're creating around us. Uh, so you can't go past that. And actually, one of um, there's so many great quotes of his, but one of my favourites is, a life is frittered away by detail simplify simplify and i think it couldn't be more true for social enterprises you know be simplified down to the message you're trying to tell and the impact you're trying to make further to that i'd say anti-fragile is an awesome book get your hands on it gives you a really high level understanding of the economy and our world as we know it and thirdly just a bit of fun i really love listening to the podcast chai chats podcast It's like listening to old friends, um, but they tackle some really interesting and sometimes really challenging issues, um, you know, around, uh, you know, what it's like to be a migrant, a young woman, uh, kind of a whole intersectionality of issues. But that's really encouraged me to think differently and empathise differently with different groups in society. Wonderful. Well, there's some really, really great books and resources there, Elisa. Thanks so much for sharing that. And more importantly, thanks to you for sharing your generous insights and time today. It has been a pleasure to speak and we'll certainly be tracking your journey as you continue forward creating impact. Thanks so much, Thomas. Pleasure to be with you. Likewise. Speak soon. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.